Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Lord, thank you. I thank you that there is life here today. God, I thank you that there's life by your presence, Lord, by your spirit. I thank you too that there's life as we submit ourselves to your word, God. I pray that ink on paper, as it were, your spirit breathe on it today, Lord, and it will come alive in us, Lord. I thank you for liberty. I thank you for assurance, God. I thank you for confidence. I thank you for direction, Lord God. I thank you for focus. God, we pray that you would say what you want to say today, and I pray that each ear here will hear your voice and your heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, we are in the process or in the middle of a series called Becoming a Complete Christian. I hope that's what that says up there. Is that yes. <coughs> a complete Christian. Um, and so let's have a look at uh, a few verses from 2 Peter 1, verses 3 to 6. I'm going to look up here because I actually don't have it written down. Do I? Yes, I do. Ah. It says, his divine power, this is as way of a, a reminder, introduction as to where we're at. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you and I may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And verse 5 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance that's what we're going to talk about today we've skipped one we've skipped self-control and we're going to talk about perseverance we're not going to ignore self-control we will come to that don't worry but we are speaking about perseverance today so say it with me so I know you're there perseverance very very good it's not a word that we like because if you've been around for a little while you'll know it requires effort amen so we're going to talk about that today. Quickly, I want to define perseverance as we get going. Uh, it's described as steadfastness. It's described as constancy. It's described as endurance. And we'll talk a lot about endurance today. Uh, a bit of a, a, a paragraph describes it as the characteristic of a man or a woman who is not swerved from his or her deliberate purpose and his or her loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. So the word that really I think we can concentrate on today is this idea of endurance, that life is a race, amen? And it's not a hundred meter race, it is an endurance race. Uh, we could liken it to a marathon, and I'll talk a bit about that today because I've experienced a marathon, and I want to share some things that I've learned through that. But it's longer than a marathon, life. And the longer you live it, you realize that. 
Amen? The question we're asking today is, how can we endure to our end in this life and be found in faith? Amen? How can we finish our race in faith? A point that I want to make today is that you and I have our own lane. Amen? It's not a competition. So often when the Bible talks about a race or running the race, it talks about not all the runners run, not all of the runners win a prize, and that's the reality in life. And if we teach everybody that just showing up and participating is enough, we are not equipping them for life. Amen? The fact is that if you're going to get to the finish line in life, you have to prepare yourself and you have to train, and we'll talk about that today. But life is an endurance race, and your lane is not my lane. We don't compare our lives to one another. And I think sometimes in the church, we can compare ourselves, maybe not being aware of how we're talking, but every one of us has our own race that we're running. And not one is better than the other, and not one is doing better than the other. Do you know what I'm trying to say? We have our own lane that we're running in. And our ultimate goal is that each of us gets to the finish line. It's all about finishing. And so with that in mind, I want to read, if I can please, from Hebrews chapter 12. And this is where I want to concentrate today. Reading from verse 1 to verse 3. Everyone say, therefore. Sometimes we just read on from that word. But what it's basically saying is when you see the word therefore, you've got to ask yourself, why is it there? What's it there for? And so at the end of my sermon, I'm going to talk about why it's there. But the writer of Hebrews has been saying stuff, and then he goes on to say, Therefore, right, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, there's that word again, the race marked out for us. Amen. And we're talking about me. I'm not talking about you. When, I, when he's talking, he's saying each of you have a race marked out for you. It's your race. So please, let's put aside all comparison and say, I wish I was doing better than or as well as brother wonderful over there or sister amazing. All right. Every race is different and every run is different. Fixing our eyes on Jesus some versions used to say the author, but here it says the pioneer. He went before us. He showed us the way, and he was the perfecter of the way, and he's our example. And if you will, he is the finish line, and the, and, and the writer here is saying, fix your eyes on Jesus, and it goes on to talk about for the joy, the joy set before him. Now, his life was a mixture of joy and pain, amen? like your life and my life. That's the reality. But there was a joy that drove Jesus through the pain. And Annie had a word this morning talking about she saw in our worship time a river, and it was a river of joy. Folks, there's a joy for us, available for us today, that is not happiness. It is a deep rooted joy that cannot be quenched because it's built on an understanding of our pioneer and our perfecter Jesus and what he's done and where he is right now and what he's giving us in the moment. Amen? 
for the joy set before him, he endured, he persevered through the cross, because he wasn't looking at the cross, he was looking past the cross, amen, and that's what we are called to do in this life, we all have crosses to bear in this life, but they are not our end, hallelujah, we look beyond this life, and our goal is to finish in faith, because death for us is the tape, and after that is celebration time, amen, uh, scorning the cross and its shame. It says he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where he is right now. He's seated because he won the race for you. Amen. He went ahead and he paid the price and he paved the way. And right now he offers you everything you need for this life. And he's waiting for you at the line. Amen. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is not talking just about having tired muscles. It's talking about emotionally, just losing your way. Amen? We're going to talk a lot about that today. So, one of the biggest things that I learned when I decided to run the Jersey Marathon I'm not a long-distance runner. Only later in life did I realize that I could run longer than I thought, okay? There are runners, and then there are runners. I'm in the first category, somewhere near the bottom. But one thing I realized, that if you're going to run for a while, and when you're talking about 26 miles, or if you deal in kilometers, 40 kilometers, that's a long way. And the most important thing I realized is that you have to run at the right pace. Everybody say pace. pace. Your pace is not my pace. And I only discovered what my pace was when I started training. We aren't born knowing what we can achieve and what pace we can run at. We have to find that. Amen? That's really important to remember. Okay? Um, and so I want to use the word pace today, four letters, P-A-C-E, I like to do that, hopefully it'll help you, to kind of break down how we can run at the pace of perseverance. Amen. Say it with me, the pace of perseverance. Too many people run too fast and fall down. And our goal is not to fall down, but to cross the finish line. Amen. So, number one, I realized very quickly that if I was going to run 26 miles, it wouldn't be enough just to show up on race day and say, let's go. Unless you are completely clueless or you are superhuman, you cannot do that. Okay. So, I realized that I needed planning and preparation. I had to prepare myself for the race. So, you have six months of build-up, essentially, if you are a novice, and then you have race day, one day where you're building up towards. Amen. So I had to start thinking about a few things to prepare my body, to prepare my mind for that race of perseverance or that endurance race. If you think about the mountain as a whole, you will easily become discouraged. Amen. Um, how do you climb the mountain? 
one step at a time. In Africa, we say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Amen? The principle is the same. If you don't have a plan, you become overwhelmed and you won't even start. Having a plan, having a preparation process in place will enable you to start and stay motivated. So just bear that in mind. As we start talking about endurance, preparation is the thing that we really need to be aware of. Okay. Uh, can I really just acknowledge at this point that prayer, reading your Bible every day, having time with the Lord and having intense times of prayer are amazing. But realistically, that's not enough. Okay, so I'm talking about practical things as well as spiritual. All right, bear that in mind today. Don't stop praying, don't stop reading the word, but we have to do practical things. So what are some of the things I had to think about? I needed a training plan. I'd never ever prepared for a race like that. Where do you start? How much do you run each day? Uh, How does that work? So I managed to download an app on my phone, which was for novices, taking you from never running to running a marathon. And then that mapped, I don't know how many months, but I had a plan and it told me where to start and it helped me, but I still had to do every single day. Can I make a point at this, pla- at this junction in the sermon and just remind you that when you're preparing for something like a marathon and when you're preparing for the race of life and you're trying to build endurance into your life, the way that you do that is you cycle through stress. Amen? You push your body beyond where you've ever been before, and then you recover. Then you push yourself, and then you recover. Can you understand how life prepares you for life? Amen? As you grow up, as you leave school, as you get a job, and as you go through your job, you, you find stress like you've never experienced stress before, and you overcome it, and then you have a period of lull where you recover and then you get pushed again and and each previous step prepares you for the next amen the same is is true in in running and and training for a marathon as as in life the stress is important you cannot not have stress if you're looking for a stress-free life you're falling in a ditch on one side of the road there's two ditches one is stress is evil it's not okay the right amount of stress is good for you the other side is Stress, 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 I'm dead. Okay? Our goal is to find our pace, amen? So we need stress and we need recovery. And I'm, I just want to say here, if, if I just ran every single day as hard as I could, I would overtrain, and my body will break. So you must have some stress in your life. And equally, recovery is so important. We must have space in our lives to rest, right? I needed certain equipment. I needed a good pair of running, running shoes, okay? I needed the right clothes. I couldn't run in a pair of jeans and a jumper. Um, I needed to think about, someone lent me one of these running watches so that I could see what my heart rate was doing. So that was going to help me to pace myself better and not overdo it during the race. Um, there are certain things called gels, I don't know, they're like glucose syrups that through the process you feed yourself a syrup and it just, because your body cannot go on that long on the resources that it is able to carry in itself. So there were things and equipment that I needed along the way. 
I needed the right calories during my training. These are, folks, if you're going to get to the end of this race in your life, you need to eat well. Amen? You need to rest when it's time to rest. You need to sleep properly. I'm sorry this is not rocket science, but your body can break. And God has designed it this way. And so we can't cheat the system. Amen? Some practical things that we can do to help us prepare and go through life. So that's preparation. The second point that I want to talk about is attitude. If you're going to make it through life, attitude is key. If you're going to get to the end of your race, attitude, a good attitude, is going to get you there. Okay? The most valuable asset that a runner has is not their trainers or their legs. It's their mind. And you will learn this increasingly as you go through life. Your most valuable asset is your mind. In flying, if you're learning to become a pilot, you'll realize that attitude is an important element of flying an aeroplane. What does that mean? They have this thing in flying called attitude, which means that the angle that the nose of the aeroplane is at will dictate where the aeroplane goes. And in flying, if you've ever looked at an aeroplane flying, they always fly with the nose slightly up because that creates the right angle for lift. Nose up. Everybody say nose up. When the aeroplane takes off, the front of the aeroplane is right up. Amen? When it's maintaining its altitude, the nose is always slightly up. If they want to descend, what do they do? They dip the nose. If you fly through life and your nose is more dipped than it's up, what's going to happen? You're going to crash. Okay, this is really straightforward, but it's profound, folks. You know, like your body needs stress and recovery, your mind and your emotions need some stress and equally time to recover. Am I telling you something obvious here? I hope it's obvious, but sometimes we need reminding of these things. It's of more importance that your mind is healthy and your body is healthy, in a sense. Because without a good and healthy mind, you're going to crash. And so I don't know what life has for you right now. I don't know how full your plate is. But what I'm saying to you today, you have to rest your body and you have to rest your mind. We seem to live in this culture where, and this is where we can make, uh, we can go wrong when we talk about perseverance. We can say, guys, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. You'll get through it. And what happens? We go because we feel fine. We go because we feel fine. And then we fall over. And we break. Rather than creating space in our life for rest and recovery and ring-fencing it, making it a non-negotiable, we just try and push ourselves on until we break because we haven't realized how close we are to breaking point. 
Amen. It's really important that you take responsibility for the boundaries in your life. Okay? Um, you ultimately can say yes or no. No one forces you ultimately to do anything or to stay anywhere. Amen? <clears throat> Unless you are imprisoned or you physically are unable to do anything about it, you have the ability to say enough. Amen. There was a time when we moved over to the UK from Zimbabwe. I took up a job <clears throat> at a church in southwest London. And um, I, I came to a point in that job where I realized that I could never satisfy the requirements of the job description. No matter how hard I tried in serving the Lord, I became so tired physically and mentally that I began to not enjoy what I was doing anymore. And I realized that this wasn't for me anymore. I realized, I came to a point where I could be humble enough to say, there is someone else who can take this on from where I've brought it. Amen? I'm not invincible. I'm not the guy to take this where they want it to go. And quietly in myself, I guess I realized, I have to say no. I reached a point where my mental health was starting to suffer, where I was exhausted, where my family was suffering, and it couldn't be sustainable. Why am I telling you this? Because I know what it's like to be in a job where the relief doesn't come, where the expectation is always there, and you don't want to feel like a failure, but actually you're not. You have finite resources as a human being. They are not the same as mine, and I'm not the same as you. And I said to the Lord, God, I, I feel like this is no more for me. There's no joy in it. And uh, he gave us a verse, actually, which was part of our big journey. And, and, it, and it was the, the scripture of Abraham where he says, I want you to pack up and leave the place that you are and go to the place that I'm going to show you. That's tough. Amen. When you've got three children and one of them is a little baby and you have to feed them and you have to house them. I'm telling you what you already know. These are the realities of being a responsible human being. Amen. A parent, a family member, a friend, whatever it is. And I said to the Lord, God, I will go. As soon as you show me where you want me to go, I'll put my resignation in. Remember, at this point, I'm feeling low. I'm feeling unmotivated. I'm not enjoying my job. I'm feeling like this is not for me anymore. And I said, as soon as you show me what you want, God, I'll go. Six months later, I'm quietly raging inside. Lord, I told you I will go. Show me where you want me to go. And he says, no, no, I've already told you what to do. Leave. And then I will show you where I'm going to take you. Now, the point that I'm trying to make here is in life, sometimes the decisions that we have to make are not about right and wrong. Sometimes they are about what's better. Amen? 
and making decisions that are in faith. And so I realized, okay, I need to motivate this change. Some of us are just waiting for God to do something different in our lives. And actually he's saying, you have the willpower to make a decision which may not be easy, but I am with you in this moment. Be brave. And so I made the decision to leave. And I can tell you honestly, it was hard. Because it took ages. In fact, it was at that point where I decided I have no other training in anything else. What am I going to do? I have to make money. And, I, and a friend said to me, I will pay for you to do a week-long course to learn how to become a plasterer. <laughs> what do you think? I'm like, a plasterer? I'm a pastor. You know? And uh, I just thought, what have I got to lose? And there followed a journey of probably a couple of years of me learning and making mistakes, times when I got paid okay, and times when we had no money, when we went into debt, and through this time I'm like, Lord, where are you in all of this? And I'm learning. I'm learning how to persevere. Amen? I make good decisions. I make bad decisions. I don't blame the Lord. I just try and stay in faith through the process. Please, folks, can I just say to you today, you have limits. And sometimes the consequences of going beyond those limits are small. And sometimes they are humongous. And sometimes we don't recover from them. Don't let yourself be pigeonholed in a place for too long a time that you know is not right for you. Right? Set your boundaries out. Can I tell you that rest is not weakness? Rest is not weakness. Can I say to you, you are completely replaceable at work. You know what, when you leave a company or if you get fired, they just move on. I remember when we left Zimbabwe and came to the UK and when we went back to Zimbabwe a few years later, they weren't like, oh it's so great to see you, they just got on with life. You know, it's like, where have you been? We've been waiting for you to come back. It was like you were invisible. Life goes on folks. Please don't think a company is there for your good. <laughs> They're there to make money, unfortunately. You are replaceable. Your family is not. Amen? Amen? Your friends are not. So sometimes the decision is about what is better, not what is right and wrong. Number three, sorry, that was really serious. <clears throat> community. C, community. There's a saying that goes, you might run faster alone, but we run further together. So I say that again. You might run faster alone, but we run further together. I realized very, you know, in the, in the process of my training for the marathon, how wonderful it was to run with someone else who ran at your pace. It was like subconsciously you locked into this synchronicity where your feet hit the ground in time. And your breathing kind of fell in time as well. And I don't know how, why it worked that way, but it, you were able to just run further together. It was like 
you could focus better and you could encourage one another. The point being is that there's a race community. Amen. Uh, on one level, they're all trying to win the race, the few elite athletes. Then the rest are just trying to get through. And that's what life is like. I want you to know that you're not alone in this life. You've been built for community. There was a point during the marathon where, I don't know, it's like four or five Ks of uphill. And it's, it's, very sh it's near the beginning of the race up through, I don't know where it is, I can't remember. But uh, I remember the pack really started to just stretch out. The elite guys, they were just gone. And then the rest of us were just finding our place in the order. And at that point, you know, I, in that extended period of running uphill, I found that there was a lady who I had no clue who she was, but we were running kind of at the similar pace. And so we just started running together and we were just chatting. And it just was so helpful. It was so helpful for me to do that. Then there came a point in the marathon kind of around Kenevay section where uh, we had a team from the church who were doing the relay race. And one of the ladies there, Vianne, probably many of you will know her, had just finished her section of the relay race and she was there. And around the corner came James looking like death warmed up. <clears throat> and uh, she just, after running her part of the, um, of the, the marathon relay, just joined in next to me and ran with me from Kennevay down to Corbier and all the way back up the way. And I just thought, that is so cool. Just keeping me company, encouraging me and helping me to run through. One of the things that she had was a, lips, a, a chapstick. You know those? Um, at, at this point in the race, friction was beginning to have an impact on my body. And so under my arms, after gazillions of this action happening and skin rubbing on skin under here, I was getting real friction burns. So bless her, she gave me her, her chapstick and I was able to run it, rub it on my arms. I mean, these, this is just a silly little practical thing that helped me. I'm talking about community, folks, that we're in this together. Amen? And then towards the end, when we were running from St. Oban's along the front, by then... It was run, walk, run, walk, run, walk for me. And there was another guy who was doing exactly the same. And he pulled up next to me and we just ran together. So let's run until so far and then let's walk together. Okay, let's run again. And it was just so encouraging. I want to just, I want to, I want to say that the reason I got to the end of the race was because of these other people who were supporting me. And so I just want to say there's a community. You're not alone. There are people around you who want to support you in your race and you can let them in or you can keep them out. And one of the tactics that the devil uses is somehow to isolate us. And that's not a good place. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times. Listen now, but a brother is born for times of adversity. We've been put in a community, folks. Let's care for one another. Please don't just leave it to the guy at the front to look after everybody. That's how you're going to put him in the grave. Okay? Let's care for one another. Remember, too, that you have the Holy Spirit. Um, Galatians 5, 25. Since we live by the Spirit. What a beautiful picture. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Remember how I talked about running together with someone else? Feet, 
falling together, breathing together. That's the idea here. Stay in touch with the Spirit. He has been called to come alongside you and support you in this race. Let him help you. And then Romans 15 was reading, if you've got the Version Bible, it was the reading this morning, chapter 15, verses 5 to 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement, God gives endurance. If you ask him, he will help you. If you need encouraging, he wants to encourage you today. He goes on to say, let him give you the same attitude of mind toward each other. Help each other to persevere. Encourage one another so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right, my last point. Everyone say expectations. You will realize that in life it's possible to have expectations that don't get met. Have you had any of those? How do you deal with with that disappointment? How do you readjust your sails and go on? This is big people talk right now. We must learn the skill of overcoming disappointment and changing course to get through. I've had to do it multiple times in my life, in my career, if you want to call it that. Life happens, amen? You can train all you like, but when it comes to race day, anything can happen. As part of my training, I overtrained and I got a knee injury that stopped me from training for about six weeks. And I realized that will have an impact on my race day. So I had to start the race with that in mind. I had to measure my expectations with that in mind. And then while we were running the marathon, remember that lady I was talking about when we were running up that serious long uphill section? I started getting cramp. I mean, I was like 7Ks in to a 40K race, and I was like, Lord Jesus, how am I going to finish this race if I've got cramp now? And so I had to say, right, I have to slow down. I'm going to have to walk and run and walk and run. My goal went from being trying to finish in four and a half hours to finishing before they turned the clock off. (laughs) That was it. I was going to finish the race and I was going to try and do it before they turned the clock off. If I didn't get there, finishing the race would have been enough. I had to deal with my disappointment. I had to alter my expectations because the goal was to finish. Amen? And so, I don't know what you, when you were young and you had this plan about what you were going to do with your life, I have found that my, my hopes and ambitions, my life doesn't look necessarily like those hopes and ambitions. Now, some people might feel like failures. I've just realized that life happens. And none of us can see the future So whilst we might have the greatest of ambitions and goals and plans, life happens in between. And we have to measure our expectations. We have to talk about our disappointments. We have to be honest about that, but then realize that we're not failures because of that. That this doesn't define us as people. 
that we can persevere and change course and move on. I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter how, just get across the line. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. If you can't crawl, let someone carry you. Amen? This life is all about getting to the finish line no matter how ugly it looks. Amen? Amen? You know, I told you at the beginning that there's a word therefore, and I wanted to explain that to you. Hebrews 12 is where we read today. I want you to go home. And I want you to read chapter 11, which talks about the heroes of the faith. And I want you to understand the context of why they are heroes. And I want to read you a few verses from that list of names and their very brief summary of their individual stories. They're listed as huge greats. They are the cloud of witnesses that are cheering you across the line. Hebrews 12, 1-2 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith in what we hope for. It talks nothing about achievements there. It doesn't list one achievement. It talks about hope. It talks about carrying hope in their hearts. It goes on to say this is what the ancients were commended for. The confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Verse 13 says, All these people were living by faith when they died. Really important. Living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. Have you ever read that before? They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And yet they finished in faith. With all the disappointments. I mean, God made some promises that would make these guys freak out and give them some sense of importance. I mean, like generations promises. And yet they never saw them. And yet they stayed in faith. Talk about disappointment and coping with disappointment and keeping on, keeping on. Verse 39 says, they were, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them, none of them received what had been promised. That is real life right there. Life can be extremely disappointing. Life can be extremely tiring. Life can be extremely hard with all the highs and lows. The most important thing, if you can't run, then walk. If you cannot walk, then crawl. If you cannot crawl, let someone carry you across the finish line. You know, there are people in that great cloud of witnesses who were sawn in two, the Bible says. <laughs> and we think we've got it hard. 
and yet they were found in faith. And so, you know, when he talks about running for his fallen comrades, I want you to think about your life and the story that God is writing through history. And our pages are all in the same book. Our pages fall on the, after the pages of these other folk. And so when we're struggling, let's remember the generations of people who went before us, who died in faith, having not received the things promised to them. And let's recite their names. Amen? Our fallen brothers and sisters. And remember, we are part of something significant in the earth. I'm sorry if you came today and you were going to hope for some light-hearted kind of pick-me-up sermon, but life happens. And I think it's more important for us to focus on how we can stay in faith and get through this life together as a community. Amen. Let's support one another. Let's love one another. And when you're feeling low and you're tempted just to hide away, please take up that offer for a coffee and talk and understand that when you are feeling low and life is hard, no one is judging you or thinking that you're a failure. Whether it's your body that is breaking or whether your mind is creaking, we can do this together. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.